1: Good morning. Welcome to Iowa Catholic Radio. Today, the Holy Mother, the Church, invite us to live in a Week of the North American Martyrs. So, Father PJ, good morning. Good morning. Good to have you here. And you. Let us begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grant, O oh Lord, that we may always revere and love your holy name, for you are never deprived of your guidance, though you set firm. On the foundation of your love through our lord jesus christ your son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit one god forever and ever amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen was very nice weather it was weekend nice, well huh? how how is the parish going on in this excited time, previously formally open for the weekends
2: you know um we're we're gearing up for the for the grand reopening, as it were we 've been very fortunate um uh, good crowds we we're having our evening mass uh, when the weather's fair outside in the grotto, and that allows more people to come and and, and people seem to more naturally socially distance um, and uh, and so no really, really good stuff
1: father uh, this week we begin with the uh, Feast of uh, St. Thomas More, mm-hmm. one of the great martyrs from the Anglo mm-hmm. Anglo perspective. So what we can say about martyrs first, mm-hmm. Martyrs first. Right, a sort of spirituality of martyrdom. Exactly. So in the early
2: church, the martyrs um, were especially revered because they were understood as those who most perfectly imitated Christ, not only in his life, but in his death so that those who gave their lives for Christ in a a rather explicit and an intentional way, those who suffered death for the sake of the faith, were understood to be those who most perfectly followed in the footsteps of Christ. As years went on, uh, when there were fewer martyrdoms because uh, the faith began to be tolerated, the people that came to occupy that kind of place were called confessors, not because they celebrated the sacrament of confession, but because they confessed the faith um, in the midst of great difficulty and trial. But the church continues to venerate the the, the memory of the martyrs, both old and new, um, because, uh, you know, if you want to put your money where your mouth is, there's no more perfect way to do it than to suffer and die for that which you profess.
1: The secular world have us sometimes complain about the word martyr versus masochism. Mm-hmm. Any kind of uh, misinterpretation create in the in the people sometimes so I don't need to sacrifice myself, I don't need to be hard to myself. It's enough with the life that I have been living today. So when when we understand martyrs we cannot understand martyrs without the context of Christianity itself.
2: Right. So so one thing that has certainly um, made this harder uh, to understand than maybe it needs to be was the impact that um, Islamic-style terrorism from the late 90s and early 2000s really brought to the world. So the, so the, the men who – blew up the buildings on September 11th, certainly understood themselves to be martyrs. That's not what what classical Christianity means when we say martyr. It's 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 a different thing. Martyrs don't kill other people. They're killed by other people. And they're killed by other people, not because they hate their lives, not because life isn't valuable, not because they're masochists or delight in suffering, but because they found meaning even in the midst of suffering. And that meaning is ultimately the life, death, and
1: resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Absolutely. Good clarification. If we're talking about the great uh, English speakers into the Catholic Church, obviously we need to back to Henry Newman, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. What about Thomas More as the great flax about English? English or Anglo martyrs.
2: So, so Thomas More um, and John Fisher are, uh, in a first sense, are, are in a sense the first of the English martyrs. Not that there weren't people martyred in, in England uh, when the faith first came, though they wouldn't really have spoken English at that point. Um, but because, uh, but because the, as the Church of England begins to separate itself from the Church of Rome, John Fisher and Thomas More are the two most prominent people killed in the separation of the two churches. And they're really martyred for the sake of, um, of the faith. It's also an interesting you know period in church history where they're martyred by other Christians. Wow. So that it's not explicitly uh, for their faith in Christ Jesus that they're killed, but for the communion of the church. It's an interesting fact that both Fisher and Moore are, um, are recognized as saints today by the Church of England, as well as by the Church of Rome. Um, but in the Church of England, they tend to be cast as martyrs of conscience. The, the, the reason their martyrdom, the reason their execution was unwarranted was because they were acting in accord with their own conscience. We would say that they're martyrs for communion because they died in order to try and maintain the communion of the church.
1: It's true the Protestant church in England recognized uh, St. Thomas More as well?
2: Yeah, today they certainly do, though for much of their history, he was understood as a traitor, right? Because, oh, okay. because he refused to recognize that the king was the rightful head of the church in England. But the the, the point in some ways isn't, um, isn't even whether the theological point of who's in charge of the church is really important. It is really important, but that's not kind of the big idea here. The big idea here... Is that what 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 they were willing to suffer and die for? It was to maintain the unity of the church, and that what the king's attempts to usurp the pope's authority really did was wound the communion of the whole church.
1: Father, why is the Saint Thomas More Center here? Names for him.
2: So Saint Thomas More uh, was canonized in 1935. Um, there was the the great movie um, A Man for All Seasons in the late 50s, early 60s, um, and so it was he was sort of in the air when it came time to name. Um, to name the center. Father DiCarlo can tell the story much better than I can. But the the big idea is that because Thomas More was known as a man for all seasons, a man whose thought and wisdom, humor, and sanctity was appropriate at all times, that we would try and build a place that would bring Jesus to people all the seasons of the year in
1: every season of their life. Very welcoming and including perspective. Remember that we are in Iowa Catholic Radio. Be not afraid. Thank you, Dream
2: Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. And be not afraid. Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction is a licensed, accredited, and experienced farm brokerage and auction company. Learn more at DreamDirt.com, including their online auction house, FarmBid, at bid.dreamdirt.com. DreamDirt Farm and Equipment Auction Services, Farm Auctions, done right. Support for Iowa
0: Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. According to a 2019 Global Food Security Report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help all of them. Most of us can help one, one child. Your gift of $1 a day through Blessman International provides a child in South Africa with a daily hot meal. Place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. To get started, go to Blessman International. international.org and click sponsor a child is it time for a
2: new roof then it could be time for you to get to know
0: Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future.
1: Back to be not afraid, Father PJ, Father Fabian. We're talking about St. Thomas More. What about CYC and other activities related to St. Thomas More?
2: Yeah, you know, I I would really heartily recommend all of our listeners uh, check out stmcenter.com, which is the website for, um, for the St. Thomas More Center and, and CYC. Um, you know, for a lot of us here that grew up here in Des Moines, many of the priests um, and, and seminarians who went through our time at camp was really formative in our in our vocations and our own sense of Christian identity. Father DiCarlo and 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 then Father Wolverding were both really important for me in my own um, discernment early on, um, and so I have a great affection for the center. Um, of course, like many places, uh, camp cancelled for the summer in order to try and keep people safe but they've got a wealth of resources on the website to try and help people figure out how to build up the faith over the summer and 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 um, and do things that would be campish but without having to go to camp
1: did you did you went to listen confessions to the campers i have
2: absolutely it's, it's a
1: very very funny highlight of my
2: summer yeah no 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 i i love it it's terrific terrific stuff the the saint thomas more center is really one of the great um, one of the great patrimonies or inheritances of the diocese. We owe a great debt of gratitude, uh, especially to Father DiCarlo and the good work that he did out there those many years and to all the lay staff that have supported the center um, and to Alex Kautsky, who runs it so ably now.
1: And his brother is Zach Kautsky. That's correct. Now he's in the Eight Force. Well, Father, we have in a a, a very good uh, piece to reflection in the liturgy of our, concretely in the Office of Reading about St. Thomas More. Uh, based on that, in, in that story, how we can move into these times, the men of all seasons?
2: So, you know, I think one of the first things for our listeners to note, this I, I think this is one of the coolest things sort of in the church. Um, so the Office of Readings is a, is an official part of the liturgy of the church. It's part of the prayers that priests and religious and, and lay people say throughout the course of the day. And there's, there's two readings, one drawn from scripture and one drawn from the tradition. Um, most of the the, the uh, bits from the tradition are homilies or sermons by church fathers or maybe bits from church documents, but there are a few select moments where, where the, the piece that has become part of the church's liturgy, part of our official worship, are letters from parents to children. Wow. It happens here with St. Thomas More, who writes a letter to his daughter Meg from, uh, from prison. Um, and it happens uh, l- later on um, with St. Louis the King. I mean, he lived earlier, right? But um, with St. Louis the King, uh, St. Louis of France, who writes to his son um, about what it means to be a king. Uh, but what the, this means for our listeners, guys, right, is those the notes you put in your kid's lunch sack to go to school have the capacity to bear the truth in such a way that they could be part of the church's liturgy. And that's a big, big, big deal.
1: How we can encourage the people of God to explore a little bit far from the simple piece of the Holy Scripture to go into the liturgy of hours an enjoyable enjoyable encounter with Jesus through the prayers.
2: The liturgy of the hours and especially the office of readings or matins really puts flesh on the gospel by showing us the way that other Christians have tried to live the very same passages themselves before. Um, so in the, in, in, this wonderful letter from prison, he says, although I know well, my dear Margaret, that because of my past wickedness, I deserve to be abandoned by God. I cannot, but trust in his merciful goodness. His grace has strengthened me up until now and made me content to lose goods, land, and life as well, rather than to swear against my conscience. God's grace has given the king a gracious frame of mind toward me, so that as yet he has taken from me nothing but my liberty. In doing this, his majesty has done me such great good with respect to spiritual profit that I trust among all the great benefits he has heaped so abundantly upon me that I count my impoverishment the very the greatest. I cannot therefore mistrust the grace of God. Either he shall keep the king in that gracious frame of mind and continue to do me no harm, or if it be his pleasure that for my other sins I suffer in this case that I shall not deserve, then his grace shall give me the strength to bear it patiently and perhaps even gladly. So he's he's facing an impossible situation where he knows he could be killed, he knows he might not be killed, and he, he has attained a, a, a place spiritually, internally, where he can do either. He's fine if he simply loses his job and, and, and his property, even if he has to stay in prison, or he's fine even if he dies because he's doing so with a clear conscience, right with God and right with his neighbor.
1: When we're talking about clear conscience, we're talking about obedience in peace or obedience under certain restrictions or circumstances.
2: So the, the, the obedience, right, um, is, is, of course, to lawful authority um, who who give commands that are, in fact, moral. And the problem here, right, was the king was asking him to do something that was fundamentally immoral. And even though 95% of the kingdom went along with it, Even though all the bishops, say one, went along with it, all the priests virtually went with it, more said no. And it can be hard
1: to be the one who stands up against, uh, against the crowd. Absolutely. So, in other words, obedience connect direct to humility and acceptance God's will. That's right. And,
2: and the great struggle here, if you read the whole letter, right, um, his daughter, of course, just wants him to sign the document that will acknowledge the king. And the reason is she doesn't want to see her dad suffer. She doesn't want to see her dad die, which is understandable, right? Um, our, our, our families often try, us talk, try and talk us out of things when they think it's going to hurt us. But he's recognizing a greater good still, which is the reason he's writing to his daughter is to say, look – Here are the reasons that I'm doing this, and it's not because I don't love you. It's really because I do.
1: Father, but math is public. Why we have these kind of restrictions? Mm -hmm. Why I have to dress in a mask? So there's a great and
2: important distinction between being asked to do something that is immoral and being asked to do something that you just don't like. Um, Every time one dissents from, uh, from the order of a legitimate superior, we damage communion. And the and it's precisely this communion that Saint Thomas More died for. So so you know if the bishop was 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 saying you know I want you to sell crack in order to support the church well yeah disobey that that's obviously immoral. It's not immoral to wear a mask no matter how much you might not like it.
1: Iowa Catholic Radio Binada Frey Father PJ talking about Saint Thomas More Experience of Life. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences downtown Des
0: Moines for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good. With me, Bo Bonner,
1: and I am Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders.
0: You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu/kwky. Make plans August 3rd for the annual Dowling Catholic Golf Outing at Echo Valley Country Club. Proceeds benefit the Coppola Family Endowment, providing assistance to students who otherwise may not be able to receive a Catholic education. Shotguns start at 7.15 with a boxed lunch, snacks, and beverages on the course. Information on event sponsorships, contact Carolyn at 515-778-9676 and register your foursome online at dowlingcatholic.org slash golf dash outing. The annual Dowling Catholic Golf Outing at Echo Valley Country Club
1: welcome back to be not afraid what is the main struggles to be obedient in this current time after pandemic
2: you know, I, I think the great difficulty that most people are having is is uh, they're so anxious to come back to church and the sacraments, but they're struggling with a lot of the restrictions. And And, and I think it's less for most people any individual restriction. It's not about the mask or the pew or the w- walking in and out or something like that. It's that it doesn't feel familiar. Um, they want something that feels familiar, that feels comfortable. And, you know, as much as I don't like it either, um, this makes both of our lives a great big pain that it wasn't before. um, I think it's good that it doesn't feel familiar. I think it's going to make us think differently and more intentionally about what we do. You know, if, 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 if you have to manipulate your mask in order to more carefully receive the Blessed Sacrament, then hopefully you're paying more attention to what it is you're receiving. That that, that Those are the ways that we need to kind of recast this, not why is the bishop being a jerk and making me do something I don't want to do, (laughs) but rather how can I allow this to help me grow spiritually and not simply allow me to be contrary? Because there's there's a distortion, a deformation of the same kind of virtue that St. Thomas More exposes here, which is when we're used to being contrary – when we, when we think, we, when we say, you know, we're in the world, not of the world, we have to stand against the culture. We make it sound like everything the culture ever does is bad or everything the world ever does is bad. And that's just not true. No. It's it's the reason Thomas More said, I am the king's good servant. I want to be obedient to the king, but I'm God's first. So that when there's, there's, there, there's a distortion in obediences, I have to choose God first. But that doesn't mean that everything
1: that in my judgment is mistaken needs to be corrected by me. Absolutely. And uh, the Gospel of Matthew for this coming Sunday Mm -hmm. in chapter 10, verses 37 to 42, described beautifully, he who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is the disciple, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward.
2: You know, I I think the move here um, is precisely um, what, what the life and death of Thomas More and John Fisher points us to. The point is not to be contrary or opposed for its own sake, but to see that there's an order to charity, an order in the way that we should love. So God has to come first because even love of our spouse or of our kids or of our parents can become a distortion. Being so anxious to please your mom or your dad that it governs every decision of your life. Such that you then wind up not, you know, utilizing your gifts and talents to the best of your ability because it makes them feel safer or something. That's a sin. That you shouldn't do that. And and, and shame on your parents for putting you in that position. If um living vicariously through your children, making sure they're on every possible sports team, every possible opportunity, do all the things um, just to show that you can do things that your parents didn't or something like that. That's a distortion. That's a sin. That's, That's like your stuff. It's not their stuff, right? Instead, what we ought to be doing is loving God first and foremost, and then in view of that love of God through Christ Jesus, recognizing the right way to love our spouses, our folks, our kids, our siblings, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, but in proper order. I should love my kid more than the neighbor's kid. Because he's my kid. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't love the
1: neighbor's kid too. But uh, this is very interesting uh, reflection and explanation, Father. Because sometimes we will be working very paternalistic Mm -hmm. and mother-protected models in ourself as well. Mm -hmm. Paternalistic in terms of I can control this, I can decide this. Or very uh, egocentric manner, how can I distribute my talents and gifts and right now the lord has been pointing out you 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 need to praise god through your actions mm-hmm. as well your testimony of life is the only manner that you can uh, honor me mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. that's exactly right so the, the manner that we live our lives ought to reflect the words that we speak with our mouths
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, in the current life, it's very uh, difficult to understand this uh, concept of subsidiarity Mm -hmm. to working in community and also to praise God through our daily life.
2: So it's it's important to remember, right, that that the principle of subsidiarity, that the, the most local or closest authority is the one that by right should make the decisions closest to the problem, is in service of communion, it's not just like this is an abstract ideal that dropped out of heaven to support certain political aims or something, right? It's in service of communion, the communion of the church and the and the communion of the of the global society so that we're able to function healthily, right? So like you know, the mayor of some place in Botswana shouldn't have any special expertise about water systems in Des Moines, right? Um, and that while that might seem obvious, it's worth saying out loud, but it doesn't mean that um that people um just have magic knowledge, right? That parents, parents don't. I can't make a mistake with my kid because they're my kid. That is not true. That's a great sin of pride. Probably go to hell for it. You should fix that, right? Um, instead, there's the honest recognition that we constantly make mistakes. Have to seek forgiveness from God and even from our children, and grow in holiness together.
1: Very good explanation. Let's moving forward to reflect and assuming in our life obedience as a beautiful gift for serenity and accepting God's will. Father, we are approaching the ending of our program today. Could you please give our blessing?
2: May the God of peace, who governs all things, grant you serenity and comfort, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Father Father Fabian. God bless you